relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. I was born 25 years after the end of the Holocaust, the Shoah, and I never dreamt in my wildest dreams that I would see footage like that um, today. And not from the West Bank, Gaza, or the streets of Karachi, but from an amazing country I visited, Australia, right outside its most famous landmark, the Sydney Opera House, those were pro-Gaza, pro-Hamas protesters screaming, gas the Jews. And it's not just Australia. What we witnessed last weekend, Saturday night outside the White House, uh, a breach of security, the damaging of the actual fence line, and again, pro-Hamas demonstrators screaming chants like, from the river to the sea, which is genocidal. It calls for the erasure of the modern Israeli state. What can be done? How serious is it? We have a very special one-on-one with somebody I have yet to meet in person. He approached me via Twitter, via X, in uh, direct messaging, and uh, we're delighted to have him on the show on America First, Rabbi Michael Barkley of the Temple Nur Shimcha. Welcome to America First. Thank you so much, Sebastian. You are, you are truly amazing and a, and a great hero for America and a great, Israel, a great hero for Israel. Well, it's far too really kind. It's far too kind. And, and did I get that right? Did we just, did, did we connected over the direct messaging on Twitter, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we have a number of mutual friends, but yes. That's, uh, you saw some of my articles from PJ Media. Right, that's right, PJ Media, and you've been writing uh, incessantly for the last uh, month since the slaughter of the innocents on October the 7th. Amazing articles, and I've been retweeting them. Uh, first things first, let's get this out of the, of the way. Please follow this gentleman right now at Rabbi underscore Barkley. That's at Rabbi underscore Barkley, and the website is RabbiMichaelBarkley.com. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with, with your writings and what you've been doing on social media, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, Rabbi Barkley and about your community in California. Um, our community, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a rabbi here in Los Angeles, in a suburb of Los Angeles called Westlake Village, roughly 45 minutes northwest of Los Angeles. Um, we are uh, a trans-denominational, excuse the term, but it's a denominational type of community. We use a conservative prayer book. We, most of our congregants reform, and I teach Orthodox theology. Uh, we use a lot of music. We were the only synagogue in the state of California not closed during the pandemic, um, I just kind of believe that Jews didn't close their temples for the Inquisition or the Holocaust, and Gavin Newsom could kiss my toka. Uh, so we never closed. We screened for those people who wanted to have screening services, but we were always live as well. Um, and and let, let me jump in there. What, what was that like? What kind of uh, pressure were you put under deciding to keep your temple uh, open during the California COVID shutdowns? Um, Everything from other rabbis, there was a rabbi who literally published, Rabbi Barclay and his board should be arrested and die. My house was vandalized four times, including an M80 being thrown at it. Um, but you got to try and do the right thing. And we're also the first non-Orthodox synagogue in the nation with no membership dues, no cost for high holidays, no cost for religious school of our methods. I don't think any human being should be forced to pay to pray. I don't think that's right. So... When we started the community 10 years ago, everyone said it will never work. And uh, while more synagogues have closed in the last three years than ever before in American history, thank God we're still here. Uh, 
Wow. Well, I have so many questions to ask you, not just about what happened in Israel and what the correct response is for Jews here in America and, and across the diaspora. But, but would, you, would you help us out a little bit? Because we've got three and a half million listeners and many, many in California, and I know many in the Jewish community. But for, for the Gentiles, for, for the Christians who are listening, could you give us a little snapshot of how heterogeneous the community is, what the big groupings are. Most people will know Orthodox and non-Orthodox or maybe secular, but could you paint us a little picture of uh, the Jewish community uh, today in America, Rabbi? Sure. Uh, remembering the two Jews equals three opinions, four rabbis, and four <laughs> times. Um, that's, a, that's an old one I've heard many times before, but it's a good one. It's true. Uh, you know, the... the, the there were only Jews. You were practicing, you were observant, you weren't. In the 18th century, there were people in Germany, Jews and rabbis in Germany who said they're more German than Jewish, and so they reformed Judaism. They even celebrated, in some cases, the Sabbath on Sundays. They cut their, their hair. They didn't wear yarmulkes. They did their services in German. In the 19th, late 19th century, you have people who said, okay, we're not as observant as those other guys because the reformers called everybody else Orthodox. If they were not as observant as those Orthodox, but were more conservative than the Reformed Jews. And so you then had the conservative movement. That was the biggest movement post-Holocaust in the United States. Um, and you had those three main movements. What you have today is really three types of Jews. You have the observant or Orthodox. You have what my friend and teacher, Rabbi Elijah Shofet, likes to call non-practicing Orthodox. Their values, their traditions, their beliefs are all very observant Jews and authentic Judaism, but they may not keep all the laws. And then you have reform and secular. Um, in many cases, the religion has changed from being Jewish to actually being leftist secularism. Every year I get multiple phone calls from people saying they've been thrown out of their community by the rabbi or by lay leaders because their politics are not leftist. And they call them the first questions for the high holidays are, we're looking for synagogue. We'd like to know your politics and the politics of your synagogue. And my answer is always the same. My politics are my business. I do a lot of writing. You can check on what that is. <laughs> I do not do politics from the pulpit ever. I don't think that's the rabbi's job, other than to call it anti-Semitism and to always be pro-Israel. And so we are very clear that everyone is welcome. We have people who are on the far left. We have people who are on the far right. We have people who are in the middle, and then we have people who are in between. They're in the middle. They're sort of in between Genghis Khan and Attila the Hunt. They're, they're that far. Um. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. Well, let, let me push you on this issue because you're not in the pulpit right now. Because as somebody who found out by accident when I walked into a meeting of uh, Orthodox rabbis in the White House and was mobbed in a good way by them. Turns out they listened to me with regularity on, on John Batchelor's show, and I had a big following in the New York Jewish community. Um, I don't get, well, I think I do get it, but I want to hear it from you. Why is it that uh, President Trump, my former boss, enjoyed 92% of the vote of the Orthodox Jewish community in America and basically none uh, of the secular or the Reformed uh, Jewish community? Why, how can there be such a div division uh, politically in the community? I, I think first things to add to that, that he probably enjoyed 90-plus percent of the non-practicing orthodoxy as well. Yeah. People who may be observantly conservative reform, but actually in their hearts yeah. are, are very Jewish. It's pretty simple, honestly. Um, Judaism is not a tradition that's supposed to make you feel good. It's, it's, the idea is to make you be better. 
And if you're an observant Jew or if you're attached to those values, then you typically have conservative values, politically conservative values. You typically, if you're observant, you recognize that there's an issue of self-responsibility, that if you make, make a mistake, you need to fix it. If you have an error of some sort, you need to not only apologize, but you need to actually make it better. It's based on individual responsibility and a responsibility to your community and culture as well. If, on the other hand, you reject those values and are looking for religion or practices that make you feel good, as opposed to taking responsibility, then you may be Jewish in name, you may be a Reformed Jew or a secular Jew or go to temple two days a year, but you have no commitment to trying to better yourself, better the world. Tikkun olam is a phrase that goes back to the times of the Talmud. It means the, the repair of the world, the rectification of the world. It doesn't mean social action. It means taking responsibility for yourself to do what God put you here to do. You are meant to be doing, Sebastian, exactly what you are doing. And you are not meant to be a saxophone player. That's not why God puts you in this world. He puts you in the world to be a professional golfer, uh, although you may play golf rolling. Tikkun olam it literally means for us to find what we do and to do it. It is if we all have an instrument we're supposed to play in God's symphony, and our life's journey is finding the right instrument and playing the note, the right note, and playing it in tune. And when we do that, that's the sound of heaven. Yeah. But secular Jews would rather say, Tikkun Olam is social action. I want to feel good about what I do. I want everyone else to feel good. Kumbaya. That's not Judaism. I'm sorry. And part of our goal in having a synagogue that has no dues is to, to get those unaffiliated Jews back into experiencing authentic Judaism and back into experience the joy of connecting with God in a responsible way, in an honest way, in a mature way, not I, in a um, childish way. I didn't think I could get anyone to explain to me the difference that sagaciously in about 180 seconds. My gosh, uh, I think we're going to just have to take that clip and post it everywhere. Incredible. That's why he's Rabbi Michael Barclay. He's the spiritual leader of the Temple Ne'er Shimcha. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. If you enjoy the deep dive, long-form interviews with very special guests like the good rabbi, make sure you are subscribed. Never miss any of our episodes. Go to whichever platform you prefer on the podcast side. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Never miss an episode. And please do leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. We are watching the uh, shocking footage coming out of the Middle East. What can we do about it? Well, we have to get my former boss, President Trump, back into the White House. God willing, we will be able to do so. It's really up to us. But in the meantime, what can you do? Well, a great, great deal. There is a hospital in Israel that is providing aid and succor to the families that are suffering since October the 7th. It's called the Benaya Zion Medical Center. And you, along with my Mac, my my Newsmax viewers have donated more than $300,000 to that hospital in uh, ways that have led to the purchase of medical equipment, medical supplies, and literally saved hundreds of lives. Please make a difference today. Donate at healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. That's healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. Israel will do what has to be done to save its country from those that wish to extinguish it. But we can make a difference right now for those who are suffering. That's healthcareforisrael.org slash donate. Please be as generous as you can. <clears throat> uh, Rabbi Barkley, I've, I've got a long list of, of questions for you. Um, can I be personal for a second? Of course. I, <laughs> I lived through a rather 
peculiar period in the White House. Um, I th- I thought I was adequately cynical and hard bitten, but when uh, journalists, quote unquote journalists, came after not only me but my wife and my children, and a magazine called The Forward wrote fifty hit pieces on me. Um, and one of them was about my 18-year-old son and used the title uh, traitor in the headline. I kind of, um, I got to a point where I, I thought, what is the humanity of these people? Uh, and I owe a huge debt of gratitude to friends like Jeff Balabon, my orthodox friends, David Goldman and others, and also a, a rabbi I'd ever, never met before, Rabbi Herschel Billet, who, who wrote this article uh, saying Sebastian Gorka is no anti-Semite. Afterwards, I was, you know, after months and months of being called a Nazi, a white supremacist, a fascist, it was explained to me by friends like Jeff Balabon just how grave a sin in the Jewish community bearing false witness is. Um, do you have any words for those who take the Trump administration that was probably the most philo-Semitic administration since 1948 and just cast aspersions, calumnies against the president, his family, and the people who worked for him as anti-Semitic. Can I ask, tease you out to react to to those, well, to the last seven years, really? Sure. Um, First thing I would do is recommend looking at the columns that I wrote for PJ Media about President Trump one of which I actually questioned is uh, he actually a Maccabee in disguise. <laughs> it's such a spiritual... A- explain that. Explain that. Um, in the second century before the Common Era, the Seleucid Greeks had conquered Israel, and they wanted the Hebrews, the, the Jews, to um, be spiritually dead. They weren't going after their physical lives. They were going after their spiritual lives. They wanted them to um, convert and, and, and let go of Judaism. And there was a family called the Hashem, named as the Maccabees, Maccabee Hammer, who said no. And they led a revolt. They were priests, Kahanim, uh, and they descended from Aaron, and they led a revolt that ended up taking back the Jewish kingdom. This is the second century before the Common Era. And in that event, which was when they finally recaptured the temple in Jerusalem, they rededicated that's the miracle of Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah is not about a threat on our physical lives, but rather about a threat on our spiritual lives, those who want us to assimilate. That has been the question for 2,000 years of the problem in Judaism. It is the problem today. And it goes back to what we were just talking about, that those Jews who are only secularists, that's the word of the religion. And so the Maccabees are considered great heroes, and we have this holiday of Hanukkah that we celebrate in, in wintertime. And, you know, I, I have heard so many people justify and say, oh, no, President Trump only did good things because his son-in-law is Jewish, or he had nothing to do with it, or he was doing it with a wink and a nudge. He's really an anti-Semite. I can't comment on what is in his heart. I've never met him. But I can say, without question, this president was the best president for Israel in the history of our nation and the best president for Jews in the history of our nation. He did something that was so amazing. He included anti-Semitism and violations of, of and being protected by Title VI, which protected all the Jewish children, including my 14-year-old twin, in their schools by, by protecting in Title VI. This man did more for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people than any president. And I think that, you know, in Judaism, we're taught to, A, judge someone on their actions. That's what's important. And I think too many people have not judged him on his actions, but judged him on, on his mean tweets or whatever else. That's number one. Number two, it's not just bearing false, false witness. In Hebrew, we have a term called the shantara, which means the evil tongue, it's gossip. It's talking about someone. And we say that it is equivalent to murder, theft, and idolatry all at once. That's how bad it is. And yet people like Adam Schiff uh, repeatedly would do the shantara against uh, President Trump actually wrote an article about that, that for the benefit of his own soul, Adam Schiff should have shut up a few years ago and stopped making false claims. So I, I don't think it's personal. I think it's just that's 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 Jewish theology. 
that's not just Michael Barclay. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of, it's the one thing that stuns me. You know, I, I'm stunned that you haven't met him. We will have to rectify that as soon as possible and get you to Mar-a-Lago to one of the events. But uh, despite having worked for him, being his deputy, being alone with him in the Oval, uh, I, I know the man, but I still don't understand how he does what he does. To be the first president in 23 years who actually kept our promise to Israel, moved the embassy, recognized the capital uh, after Clinton, Obama, and, and George Bush broke our promise. Um, and then he's prepared to do it all again after what they did to him, the lies, the calumny. Uh, I mean, it's just absolutely stunning. And that's from somebody who worked for him. We're talking to Rabbi Michael Barclay. It's Rabbi underscore Barclay on Twitter, Rabbi Michael Barclay dot com, the spiritual leader of the Temple Ner Shimcha. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First one on one. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on America First, make sure you are following us on all the social media platforms. We are everywhere that matters. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on True Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, uh, Telegram. You can watch us on your Roku, your Fire Stick device, or just download the Salem News Channel app. Additionally, I have my own Substack with original content by me and direct access to me at SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. It's one word. SebastianGorka.substack.com. And if you stand with my former boss... If you have had it with political persecution in America, this yard sign should be in your front yard. This T-shirt should be on your body, and you should be drinking your coffee or tea from this mug. It's his booking photograph from Atlanta with a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get yours today, SebGorkaStore.com, and so much else. All of my books, all the America First gear made in America. That's Seb Gorka. S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And please do support the president directly at DonaldJTrump.com. That's DonaldJTrump.com. On this MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. If you enjoy what we do for you here on America First, please support those who make it possible. Great patriots, friends of President Trump like Mike Lindell. He's celebrating 20 years of MyPillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape, over 81 million sold. Yes, they're that good. And he's got an amazing deal on the queen size right now. But did you know he's got, he's got more than... 200 other items on his website. If you use my name, you'll get up to 66% off. Just go to MyPillow.com or call up a human being. How nice is that? Don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon. The number is 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468. MyPillow.com. But you've got to use the secret code G-O-R-K-A. Rabbi, uh, I have some specific questions about what we do with the recrudescence, this shocking, you know, new explosion or unveiling of anti-Semitism here in America, especially in our colleges, but also on the streets of New York and elsewhere. But first, uh, as a leader of, of your faith community, will you help our listeners put into context what happened a month ago in Israel and, and why it really is not hyperbole to say this is the greatest loss of death for the Jewish world since the Shoah, since the Holocaust? So, if you're okay with me prophesying it with a little piece of, of biblical text, yeah. because I base my life on that, um, the Bible is filled with forgiveness, which Hebrew scriptures, everyone's forgiven. King David is forgiven even after he sleeps with a married woman and has her husband killed. God is a forgiving God. 
but one character in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures is not forgiven, Amalek. Amalek is this character where God says, I will blot out the, the remembrance of Amalek from the face of the earth. You are to destroy and completely destroy Amalek forever. It's so important that King Saul, when he doesn't kill all the Amalekites when he's told to, he loses his kingship. Samuel comes to him and he loses his kingship. And so it's a really important factor. And so the rabbis ask, you know, what is this about? Because Saul actually says, why should the innocent die with the guilty? Says that in the Midrash. And the rabbis talk about this, and they say it's because Amalek was a specific type of evil. Amalek was the character who attacked the Hebrews from behind. For the weak, the children, sick, the And if you have that kind of intent, you are no longer redeemable. That is true evil. It must be entirely destroyed. It is like the cancer that every cell must be removed. It is, it is truly evil. What, what they did on October 7th was beyond anything in history. They went out with the intention to kill Tuwait. They took videos of killing kids on the kids' phones and sent it to their parents. They went out with the intention to destroy, to kill, to torture, and to terrorize the innocent. And the Torah is really clear. That needs not to be defeated, but it needs to be destroyed. I do not have the words to tell you how sad that makes me. Because, A, those Hamas soldiers, when they were born, they were innocent souls. They were inculcated into this cult of death and hate. And that's the first part. The other piece is we have to destroy and kill every, every aspect and cell of Hamas. There is no question about that. And the fact that I actually have to support killing another human being is more devastating to me than I can possibly explain, and it should be. There was a midrash of teaching that when Pharaoh's soldiers were being drowned in the Sea of Reeds, when they came out after the, after the Hebrews of Moses, the angels started to rejoice. And God stopped them with his tears and said, the work of my hands is being destroyed and you want to sing hymns. There is no joy in this, and yet it must be done. If you'd asked me two months ago what should be done with Hamas, I would say we should work out a peace no matter what we have to do. Ask me on October 8th. The answer is we must destroy it completely like a cancer that must be destroyed. And only then can we really establish a lasting peace. We need to fertilize the earth of Gaza with their ashes. And that is, that is so sad. Golda Meir phrased it probably better than any other human being when she said that we may someday be able to forgive them for killing Israeli children, but we will never be able to forgive them for making us kill their children. Yeah, so, an, an amazing lady. And uh, we've played a clip of her several times this week from 1970 where she said uh, the Palestinian question has never been about land. It's always been about the destruction of all Jews. We're talking to Rabbi Michael Barkley. This is America First one-on-one. If you, dear friends, are struggling with being in tip-top form, I know what it's like. I've been there for 20 years. I was, let's say, carrying a little bit of excess luggage. I could do it. I'm six foot three, but being 268 pounds, mm, not good. Thanks to Dr. Ashley Lucas, I found the solution and I lost 42 pounds. Her My PhD weight loss program is incredible. No stupid pills to pop, no calorie counting, no starvation diet, just five meals a day that help you burn the fat off. I'm down to a size 36 jeans. Yeah, I haven't been 30, size 36 since I was in my 20s. If you've given up, but if I can convince you that there's hope. Will you call them up? Her amazing team, Dr. Lucas's team, is at 864-644-1900. Or just go to myphdweightloss.com. You've heard me. I've got a wicked sweet tooth. I can, If I can do it, anyone can. 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. Thank you, uh, Rabbi, for that incredibly uh, powerful 
explication of what has to be done. I, 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 I've been talking about needing to salt the earth over uh, the remnants of uh, Hamas. I, I will borrow liberally uh, your version of needing to fertilize the soil with their ashes. Um, let's move away from the Middle East, from Gaza, from the West Bank, and talk about what's happening here in America. This is an amazing clip. It's a little long, but it's the end of it that will shock uh, our viewers and listeners. These are two students, an Asian girl who runs away, and then another girl, who are at Boston University ripping down the posters of the kidnapped Jewish children. Play cut. Are you living tourism, really? You guys really are in tourism? Fucking cowards. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. These people are killing innocent civilians. They killed friends of ours. Families, people here are affected directly, and you guys are denying it, taking them out, spreading hate, encouraging anti-Semitism. Dude, you literally know I'm Jewish. Like, I've been... That's not sure. That makes it much better. No, but I'm saying, like, you have no right to tell people that their beliefs are wrong or that... It's not a belief that someone getting kidnapped, that baby's getting beheaded, that 85-year-old grandmother's getting kidnapped. It's it's, it's wrong. That's not a belief. That's not an opinion. And if it is, of course, I don't respect it. Why are you filming? Because... What's your point? What? To, to show where the, all of the hate is coming from in this campus. Most Jewish students don't feel safe because a lot of other students are, are, are doing it. And the worst part is that there's Jewish students like you, unfortunately, who like encourage them to continue doing this and they get validated by it. You don't know what... Look, you are reading into propaganda. Know. Sure. Yeah. Hmm? Tell me, You're tell supporting me. occupation. An illegal occupation you that's been poster? happening for 75 years. It's about years. Hamas and, 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 and the... And the atrocities and the, all of the war crimes they're committing. It's not about anything else. You're not condemning terrorists? That's the amazing organization, Camera on Campus, who caught that. The Asian girl ran away, and then the other one stayed there and then spewed all of the genocide by Israel, apartheid state claptrap, in the midst, Rabbi, of her saying, I'm Jewish. How, how does that happen in America? Wow. Uh, you just want to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> Look, you're, you're, you're doing a pretty good job yourself. I read your articles, you. <laughs> okay? I've read your articles. I'm just, you know, <laughs> encouraging your, your forthright attitude to the truth, Rabbi. Uh, so first of all, I, I will tell you that the, the most ironic photo I have seen uh, was at a, a college campus demonstration that said lesbian Jews for Palestine. Yeah. Totally unaware that that that's a group that just, they'll bid to see who can kill you first on that one. Um, it, it, the fault of this is these, these Jews in name uh, have been indoctrinated into a, a, a history of misinformation, a history of propaganda for the last 60 years, 70 years. And the people who should have been fighting were the rabbis. The rabbis in this country should have been committed to making sure our kids got an actual education. And instead, all too often, they were committed to liberal values. It wasn't leftism at the time, just social action, et cetera. And I really feel that most of the problems of the Jewish world in, this, in our country are because of rabbis not stepping up. Um, that's why I said I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, but... This is a young woman who knows nothing about Judaism, nothing about Jewish history, nothing about history in the Middle East. She has bought into the propaganda of an occupation. She's bought into the propaganda that there is, an, there is even a Palestine historically. There isn't. And, and if you want confirmation of that, if you don't believe the actual history, if you want to believe the propaganda, I recommend to everyone to just Google search the Covenant of 1988 for Hamas. This is yes. their target. Yeah. If you read it, you will see they do not claim a historical right to the land. They don't even claim it. They claim the right of Waq, which is holy possession, meaning that once it's been conquered by Islam, by Muslims, it is now dedicated to the Allah forever. And they're not even claiming historical possession of the land. 
and there is none. And, and again, you know I've written articles about this. Palestine has no historical origin. It is, doesn't even exist as a name until we start getting the British mandate. And from 1948 to 1967, it's a mandate, a mandate of, of Jordan, and there's no occupied territory. What right. they did was brilliant marketing. They, the Jordanians in the West Bank and the Egyptians in Gaza, they decided to say they're both Palestinians. Yeah. Let's be clear. The people living in Gaza, their great-grandparents identified as Egyptians. The people living in the West Bank, their great-grandfathers identified as Jordanians. Correct. And they said that Palestine from the river, Jordan River, to the sea, from the east to the west. Therefore, everything in between shouldn't even exist. It's really occupied territory. It's really Palestine. Yeah, and and uh, if you you know actually read that founding Hamas charter, you'll also read the opening paragraph, which states, "We are the Muslim Brotherhood. They are actually the Muslim Brotherhood organization for that part of the world. The organization which was created after the dissolution of the Caliphate by Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, with one purpose and one purpose alone: to recreate the theocratic Caliphate. That's what Hamas is, and." All the world should be covered in that caliphate. We're talking to Rabbi Michael Barclay. This is America First one-on-one. All right, so uh, we only have uh, a couple of minutes left. Uh, We must continue. This has absolutely flown by uh, Rabbi Barclay. Um, Oh, first things first, I am so happy, happy to hear from uh, Randy, our maven of merchandise. The most popular item on our website today, I didn't think this was going to happen, is actually the photograph of the president on a T-shirt when he was at the temple wall with a very simple message in English and Hebrew, our fight. That's knocked off everything. Even the presidential mugshot T-shirt. This is the number one. So God bless all of you. Go right now to sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O. RKA SebGorkaStore.com. Uh, this may be irregular, but you know, you said I've already got you in trouble. Um, no names, no pack drills. What is your message to not your fellow Jews in America, but to your fellow rabbis who maybe are getting a little a prick of a conscience, a little bit of a, a itch they cannot scratch, that maybe there are things they should have talked about for the last 10, 20 years that they haven't. What would you say to them, Rabbi Barclay? I would say to them, and I do say to them, which uh, doesn't make me popular with my colleagues, um, I would, my, or I'm very popular with my Orthodox colleagues, we change that, but with Reform and Conservative colleagues. I would say a rabbi is a leader, and a leader is supposed to lead, not follow. That you are the Mara de Atra. It is an Aramaic term meaning master of the house. Stop listening to your boards, which are concerned about money, and instead start actualizing and preaching and teaching Jewish values and Judaism. When I was threatened by one rabbi uh, who said, you know, that, that, Myself and my board should be arrested and die. I called him. And, and this is the same rabbi, Sebastian, who uh, said he should never bar mitzvah Stephen Miller, kind of if, you, if, you, if you remember that. Yes. And I said, what are you doing? You know, you don't know what we're doing. You don't know the safety that we're doing. You don't know that we're doing outdoor services. You don't know that we're doing double services with eight feet between every family. Because you're killing people. I said, you don't know that. And you don't have a right. And you know that the temple says in the Talmud that the old, the original temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred between Jews. What are you doing? And this is a verbatim quote. He said to me, we are reformed Jews. We don't care about the Talmud. Shocking. I was shocked. I then said to him, okay, fine. But in the book of Leviticus, it says you shall surely rebuke your neighbor for this kind of behavior. To which there were a string of expletives, followed by him screaming, F you and hanging up. Too many people have gone to the rabbinate because they figure, oh, I'll get a good, cushy job, I'll do whatever. When I was in rabbinic school, I asked a friend of mine who's an amazing human being, one of the great reform rabbis in terms of ethics, a man named Rabbi Arthur Rose Schaefer. Um, both his sons served in the IDF. And I said, Arthur, I don't get it. Most of the people in the rabbinic school with don't care about God, they don't care about Judaism, I don't care, I don't understand it. And he looked at me and he said, Michael, what else if you're a wannabe actor or singer or comedian or whatever else, where else can you go to graduate school, come out with a six-figure year salary, and people are forced to laugh at your jokes? <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> Rabbis need to stop 
compromising and be rabbis. A couple of years ago, there was a, a couple of hundred rabbinic and cantoral students who wrote a public letter castigating Israel and supporting Palestine. Every, and I wrote an article about this on TJ. Every one of them should have been thrown out of the rabbinic school. But, and I, I actually, in the article, put down the emails for the deans of the rabbinic school. <laughs> but the deans and the boards are so concerned that they're not going to get donations, they're not going to get right. what they need financially, that they succumb and surrender to rabbis being followers instead of authentic spiritual leaders. And that's what we need now more than ever, is for rabbis to step up and realize the truth. There is more overt anti-Semitism than any time in our life that the Democratic Party, and I, I, let's be clear, I worked on Jared Brown's presidential campaign, so I have my Democratic uh, resume, that the Democratic Party has long ago left us. Yeah. They are committed to anti-Semitism and be taken over by people like Omar and Saeed. And we need to realize that we are closer to crystal now. God forbid, than we've ever been in our lifetime. Crystal Knox is actually tomorrow night. Correct. It's, it's, it's today. 85th yeah. anniversary yeah. of this whole yeah. Um, well, all I know is we need more rabbis like you. Please read this man's writings at PJ Media. I think imminently at Breitbart as well. The website is rabbimichaelbarkley.com. You've been listening to a very special edition of America First One-on-One. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... is America First with Sebastian Gorka. We've got out-of-control inflation, violent crime, an open border, a rising China. Biden and the left have failed over and over again, and they know it, and you know it, and it is time for a change. That is why tonight I am so proud to endorse my former boss, my friend, and everybody's favorite president, Donald J. Trump. The great governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, my former colleague from the White House, former press secretary to President Trump, with such a beaming smile on her face yesterday in Hialeah, Florida, with some counter-programming from the boss during the <clears throat> GOP primary debate, endorsing President Trump for the 47th presidency of the United States. Welcome, dear friends. I'm Sebastian Gorkas. So much to discuss with you today. What a packed show we have for you. Never, ever miss a millisecond of it. If you're in a market that doesn't carry the third hour, then move to one that does. In the meantime, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whichever platform you prefer. You'll never miss any of our deep dives with the true experts. We've got a great, very special guest for you today, whether it's the Salem Podcast Network. Uh, we were the hosts yesterday, the co-hosts of the GOP primary debate. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, plug in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Never, ever miss an episode. And likewise, thanks to our team here, we post the third hour of the show, the video of the third hour of the show, on Twitter as well, at Seb Gawker, so you can always catch up. But let's get down to business. Um, Eric, 
yesterday, primary debate. What do you think? Your verdict? I, I tuned in halfway through, and they were just talking foreign policy nonstop. Yes. From Israel to Russia to Taiwan and China, and then even Venezuela. And at a certain point, I'm thinking, okay, these issues are important, but is this a GOP debate or a UN meeting? What's Can we talk? please talk about issues here at home, please? That was my first thought. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, Jeff, your verdict last night? They don't know how to talk to the average Republican voter. Yes. The Taiwan thing is what set it off for me. Right, right. Policy debates on Taiwan, really? That, that's what people are going to decide upon as to whether you are presidential material. However, uh, there were some zingers. Vivek Ramaswamy, never a shy individual, um, had something to say after the election results uh, on uh, uh, Tuesday regarding <clears throat> her record in the last eight years. Let's listen to Vivek rhymes like cake. Ramaswamy, cut five. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. Well, she didn't. She should. How, how many years? Is, is nine years of failure going to be enough? Ten years or 11 years of failure from 2017 to today? But it seems like there are no consequences in the establishment GOP. Uh, likewise, in the establishment press, this was at the beginning. Sadly, our Salem colleague, uh, Hugh Hewitt, who was meant to be one of the moderators, wasn't allowed to speak till well into the debate. So at the beginning, Vivek took aim not just at the establishment GOP and Rona Romney-McDaniel, but at NBC as well, specifically for what they've been spewing for the last seven years. And you know who I am. I'm a supporter of President Trump, my former boss. And if we do our part, the future 47th president of the United States, God willing. But yeah, Vivek brought his full force to bear on the hack fake journalists at NBC Cut 6. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Chris, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn to Governor Governor Christie. Why you? you? And Christine Welker just grins like the Joker from Batman has nothing to say. Jeff, why on earth would the GOP, why, why would the RNC give NBC the co-hosting rights for a presidential debate? That's a tough one for me. I don't get it either. I, I mean, and people have been talking about this forever, that it should be somebody like Breitbart should uh, do it, somebody yeah. else. But I don't get why they always do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he kept on. Let's have one more cut from Vivek. Um, <laughs> kind of, it's an infradig. Uh, concerning neoconservative mores from the former UN ambassador Nikki Haley. This is cut seven. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN, bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which Ramaswamy. case, we've got two of them on stage Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. 
Nick Cheney in three-inch heels, and what was her response? A strange response, unless you're in some kind of Marvel movie where high heels are some kind of espionage weapon. This is Ambassador Haley's response to Vivek Ramaswamy, cut nine. Given attacks by Iranian-backed proxy groups on U.S. military bases in Syria and Iraq, attacks that have wounded approximately two dozen of our U.S. servicemen, do you support the use of military force by the United States against Iran? Governor Haley, would you please answer that? Yes, I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. Um, I'm sorry, that's pathetic. So somebody's asking you about Iran, and, and you have to like, Meow! you have to fight back at Vivek. You're just not serious. All right, we've got uh, Matt Boyle up next, but I want to squeeze in a quick call from Rami of Rockville. Line one. You're up. Rami. Hi. Yes, you've got 60 seconds. Hit me. You are a beacon of light in the, these darkest days, Dr. Gorka. Thank you. I wanted to say that the Christian community and peace and freedom-loving Americans need to wake up. We can't have our country taken over by fanatic Muslim terrorists and ignorant college students. Americans need to come out in force in every city to fight evil show support for Israel, and demand to free the hostages. You and the other talk show hosts are doing the work of, of the Almighty God. Well, that's far too kind, Rami. Uh, we need to stand with Israel. We are one civilization. It is the Judeo-Christian civilization. Stay on the line, Rami. Uh, it's one of our most popular items today. Uh, we have put the photograph of the president, the only serving president, to go to Jerusalem and stand at the temple wall on a T-shirt with the words in English and Hebrew, our fight, and the American flag and the Israeli flag. Let's, let's give Rami one of our uh, Our Fight mugs. Stay on the line. God bless you for your very kind words. Uh, you can get yours at sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. We'll be back in a moment. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.